Today we uh, started our, um, we continue our, our sermon series on the Ten Commandments. And today we're talking about the Seventh Commandment, the way that we as Lutherans number the commandments. The Seventh Commandment is, Thou shalt not steal. And I'll be honest with you, as I was preparing for this sermon, I started thinking to myself, so what am I going to talk about for 15 or 20 minutes? I mean, this is a pretty straightforward commandment. I mean, this is something that we, we emphasize with our children to be people of integrity and be people of dishonesty. And it comes out pretty straightforward. Don't take stuff that doesn't belong to you, right? Pretty simple. Not a lot of gray area in this one. Well, except for that, that one part about um, being honest with our employer and putting in a good day's work for the wages, because if I don't, then I suppose I'm stealing money from him. And I guess there's that part about taking that business expense on my income tax when it really wasn't a, a business expense. Or maybe about that, that part about not uh, tricking people out of out of uh, money by, by selling them something that uh, isn't really worth what I'm charging, or maybe tricking them into giving me something that was for less than it's worth. Uh, maybe there's that part about the positive side of this commandment, you know, where I'm supposed to help my neighbor protect and uh, keep his property. As I walked by that shopping cart the other day that was on the corner, I didn't return it to King Super's. I suppose if we're all honest with ourselves, we realize that we struggle with this one too, right? That we struggle with dishonesty. Because even if we don't overtly steal from other people, there's times in our lives when we aren't completely honest. We, we aren't completely uh, diligent in our work with our employer. When we're not completely honest when it comes to, to selling goods, maybe we give uh, we promise a premium and, and we give them second rate. We struggle with this. But today what I'd like to do is talk about why. Why is it that we struggle with honesty? And I think in our text for today, which is also the gospel reading that we read a little bit earlier, I'd like to read it to you again. It's recorded in Matthew chapter 6, and this is Jesus talking. You see these crowds gathering around Jesus, and they were, the crowds were rather large, and so He bid them all to go up on this hillside. Uh, it's uh, the sermon that we call the Sermon on the Mount. There's a whole bunch of teachings, and in the midst of these teachings, all of a sudden, Jesus brings up this whole thing about treasures. And He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And then he continues on with this. He said, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. 
Did you hear what Jesus said? This whole concept and struggle that we have with dishonesty is a matter of the eyes. What he's saying is what you fix your eyes upon, what you focus on in your life, what you look to to supply you with all good things affects the soul. It affects your spirit. It affects your attitude. It affects your focus on life. It affects your passions. Now, some of you will remember from last week that I've begun to look at the commandments not so much as a, a rule, a set of rules and regulations, you know, 10 things that we need to follow. And if we do that, we're in good, good shape. While they are commandments from our Lord, I'm starting to look more at them as invitations. Because you see, our God desires nothing more than to have a relationship with us. Who does God have an eye for? You and me. He is totally focused on you and me, and He desires nothing more than to walk in a loving relationship with us. And so He gives us these commandments to show us what these, this love looks like, and you, He designed us for love. And so the first order of relationships is between us and our Creator. And like we said last week, the second order of these relationships is us with the creation that He gave and made for us. And so what He says right from the beginning, He said, have no other gods before me. Let me be your God. Let me be the one to whom you look for all good things. Let me show you what it looks like to live in my love. And then, living in my love, love one another and do not steal. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but Jesus gave us three reasons why we should um, not steal. Why should we shouldn't focus on the things of this world? I'd like to show you some pictures. But the first reason that he said to us is that they're not going to last you see, folks, we live in this world, this world where um, we're full of decay and destruction and death. Things don't last in this world. You don't believe me? <laughs> Let me tell you what. When I got my leisure suit, I was styling. Now my kids laugh at me when they see pictures, right? The things that were once in style go out of style. And the car that I drove when I wore that suit, it's sitting in my mom's garage. The paint is faded. It's not shiny anymore. The tires are flat. The rubber's cracked. The motor doesn't run. Folks, the things of this world don't last. The second thing Jesus tells us is that the things of this world kind of rust away. They lose their luster after a while. You remember the first time you got on a roller coaster or something like that? It was exciting, right? That first time you got a computer. Some of you are old enough to remember this. This is the Apple One. It was all the rage in 1976. It went into production the spring of 1976. It went onto the market July 1976. But by the time 
Uh, October of 1977 rolled around. It was taken out of production. People could turn them in for the Apple II computer. Now, isn't that the way it is? We go to the store, we buy some technology, we get that newest video game or something like that, right? And it's obsolete before we even walk out the store. Folks, the things of this world lose their luster. They're not so exciting, and so we continually have to chase after them in order for them to continually be exciting. I heard a story yesterday. I was able to um, do a, a memorial service yesterday for a family that it doesn't belong to, to peace, but they're, they're a prolific, wonderful Christian family. And as I was talking with the husband who lost his wife, he was telling me the story about Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great was one of the greatest generals of all time. If anyone in the history of the world can say that he conquered the world, it was Alexander the Great. He conquered every peoples that, they were, that were known at the time. And the story is told that when he conquered all the peoples and got to India, he cried because there were no more worlds to conquer. The luster of being the ruler of the world lost its, its luster. It lost its shine. The third is that the things of this world are insecure. The homes we live in, the family unit, anything that we have on this earth won't last. We have devastating natural disasters like tornadoes that, that take away our homes. And if it, that doesn't happen to us, then just the gradual decay. I'm spending a lot of time painting my house right now because of that. And then the family, even the family unit finally lets us down. Broken relationship, harsh, harsh words, children moving up or growing up and moving out. And eventually, our family members will die. Nothing on this world, in this world, is secure. And so Jesus said to us, do not lay up your treasures on this earth where rust and moths destroy and thieves break in and steal. Why? Because the things of this world won't last. And if we put our emphasis on those things, we will constantly be chasing after Him because they will never, ever succeed. There's a guy by the name of J.R.R. Tolkien. Some of you have heard of him. He, he wrote a trilogy of books called The Lord of the Rings. Some of you might remember about 15 years ago, they came out in the form of, of, a, of movies. There's a character in his um, uh, trilogy, a guy by the name of Gollum. He's a hobbit, okay? And when he was um, younger, he was a rather normal-looking hobbit, all right? He looked like all the other hobbits, with all the features of a hobbit, all right? This character that became Gollum uh, soon changed, because one day when he was fishing with his cousin, his cousin reached under the water, and he found a ring, a ring that had special powers. This ring in this book of a... Uh, it was a, a ring that had um, powers that would enable the, 
bearer to be able to live a long life, and it had some other powers as well. But this ring also would capture the person that saw it. They became obsessed with it. And this particular hobbit became obsessed with that ring the moment that he saw it in his cousin's hand. And he connived and he wanted to have this. And so finally he told his cousin, you need to give that to me as a birthday present. Well, his cousin refused. And he needed to have this ring so badly that eventually he killed his cousin and he stole it from him. That ring, being in his possession, soon consumed him to the, po uh, to the point where he left his family. He was afraid he was going to lose it, so he left society. And this character that became known as Gollum went into a cave and began to live in the darkness, the deep darkness of the inner parts of the cave. And there his body changed. His eyes became as big as saucers so he could see in the dark. His body became kind of contorted and shriveled up. His skin became white and translucent with the, because there was no sun. And not only did his body change, but his mind changed. He was totally consumed and obsessed with that ring. So much so that he started calling it, my precious. I'd like to show you just a very short clip of the movie. But as I do, I want you to notice Gollum's attitude. He looks pretty happy to have that thing, doesn't he? Is it just me, or do you sense that there's a little bit of resentment going on here? And maybe a little bit of fear. Maybe this thing that was his precious was something that became his slave master, totally consuming his life, taking him into the dark place, alone. Jesus said that we can't serve two masters because either we will love the one or hate the one and love, excuse me, try this again, love the one and hate the other, or we will become a slave to one and be devoted and uh, despise the other. The, the fact is, folks, we can't serve and honor God and keep our eyes focused on Him, and then also keep our eyes focused on, on this world. And God tells us, and He invites us to be in a relationship with Him. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but earlier we read from the book of Deuteronomy, and before God ever gave His commandments to the people of Israel. He said to them, I am the God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And what He was doing was He's saying, I want you to remember when you were in slavery, I heard your cries. You wanted to be delivered. And I sent my servant Moses to deliver you. Don't go back into that slavery. Don't steal. 
Don't fall prey to the cares of this world because they will consume you and become your slave master. Do not steal. Don't let your eyes be focused on something other than me. And folks, he says the very same thing to you and me. He says to you and me, I delivered you. You heard. You cried out to me and I heard you. You were feeling guilty and full of shame and I heard you. You cried out to me when you were hurting, when you lost that job and were afraid of financial ruin. You were afraid when you got that diagnosis from the doctor that set you on edge. You cried out to me when your relationships were broken and I heard you. When your family was falling apart, you cried out to me. When you were walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you cried out to me and I heard you. And I sent my servant, my son, to deliver you. You are my precious. Let me be your presence. Don't go back into the slavery. About 250 A.D., there was um, an emperor in Rome called Decius. Decius made this edict that all of the people of Rome needed to make sacrifices to these Roman gods, little g-gods. And Christians, knowing that those little g-gods were false gods and that the only true God is the triune God that you and I worship, they refused to make sacrifices. And so persecution was rampant. Christians were sought and imprisoned, and many of them were killed. And one day, Roman soldiers went into this Christian church, and they demanded the treasures of the church. Laurentius, the deacon that was watching over that church, looked at the soldiers, and then he pointed to the orphans and the widows, to the sick that were being cared for, to the poor and the hungry that were, be giving, were being given the supplies that they needed to live. And he said, these are the treasure of the church. Who, what is the treasure of the church? You are. I am. All the people of this world are the treasures of God. He calls you and me my precious, but not with resentment and slavery and obligation, but with love and freedom and a love that casts out all fear. So my friends, Jesus says to us, do not steal. Keep your eyes focused on me. Don't store up treasures on this earth because the treasures of this earth won't last. They lose their luster. They're insecure. Rather, put your treasures, focus your eyes on me because I am the God that never changes. I'm totally secure. 
I will always bring you joy. And I will last forever. Amen?